But I would thank you for the opportunity to study your word this afternoon. We give you praise for your faithful God. You helped us to see another beautiful day and year and even month of March 2022. You say without glorifying in the name of Jesus. Even as we are sitting at your feet and studying your word today, we ask that you speak to us through your word. We ask that we will not leave here the same way as we have come to those who are going to be watching the live stream on YouTube or Podrum or Instagram. I pray that you would speak to them through this um, message today, through this Bible study. Do not leave us alone, Holy Spirit. We ask that your presence come and stay with us and teach us your word. Your presence come and enlighten us on your word. Receive the glory because there's no one like you. We worship you. We ask that in any way we have come short of your glory, any way we have done anything that would prevent your presence from resting on us, we ask that you forgive us and wash us clean with your blood. And cleanse us so God and help us to be white as snow. We ask that you would come in your fullness and speak to us and, and show us how to be more like Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So today we are going to continue our study on chapter 2. However, we're going to sing the hymn first. And I'm going to share my screen. The hymn says, I have prepared, I have prepared my heart for you. Oh Lord, come take your throne. Share my screen. All right. I have prepared my heart for you. Oh Lord, come take your throne. I have prepared my heart for you. Oh Lord, come take your throne. Nothing must come within my soul. Nothing must break into my thoughts no one must rise to take your place oh lord come take your throne i have reserved my lifetime for you oh lord come take control I have reserved my lifetime for you, oh Lord, come take control. My life must serve your purpose, Lord, living for you and dying to self. My all I give, your will to serve, oh Lord. Come take control. I have released my hope into you. Oh Lord, come take your own. I have released my hope into you. Oh Lord, come take your own. 
my heart, my soul, my body, Lord, once and for all, and not beat by beat. I lay them all on the altar for you, O Lord. Come take your own. I have referred my life's end to you, dear Lord. Then take me home. I have referred my life's end to you, dear Lord. Then take me home. To see thy face is all I ask. My labor here must not be in vain. My hope, my joy is to reign with you. Oh, may I make it home. Amen. So my hope, my joy is to reign with God. And I know that for all the people that have put their hope in God, our hope and our joy is to reign with God. And I pray that we all will make it home in Jesus' name. And that nothing would stop us from going to that beautiful place that he has prepared for us. Nothing will stop us. Nothing will prevent us. Nothing will hinder us. Nothing will put us in trouble and stain our garments or make us unworthy to go home to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we will continue our study on um, chapter two. And we are about done with the chapter. And the last life that we are supposed to study is John the Baptist. And we finished that last week, and so I'm going to share my screen. Yeah, so we finished John the Baptist last week. I'm going to read the conclusions, and we are going to do the personal assessment questions behind this chapter. So let's read the conclusion. And this chapter is about knowing God. And the next chapter is... Um, the basic conditions for knowing God. So we saw people that sought to know God and what happened to them at the end of the day. And here we are seeing the basic conditions for knowing God. So let's go back. Yeah. We must seek the Lord first for our own lives. Knowing him and becoming intimate with him will give to us all we need to prosper in life and in the work of the ministry. The knowledge of God is the channel through which we receive all things that pertain to life and godliness. Peace of heart, protection, and divine favor, grace also comes through this channel. In Christ is hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. 
knowing him progressively and deeply will release all these things to your life. The worth of knowing God is simply unquantifiable. Paul discovered this and threw away all things that were gained to him in order to be empty and free enough to pursue the knowledge of God, of the Lord. Um, I wish I could just pause here to kind of recap the life of Paul and how he counted all the things that he gained as dung in order to know God. So it made us to understand that in order to truly know God, you need to value him above everything that, it's, that is very valuable in your life. And when we're talking about Paul, you can read the previous episodes of this Bible study. We talked about how Paul counted his achievements as dung. And even achievements such as being a, um, a Jew, he counted it as dung. And so he threw it away, as, as it said here. He threw it away. And, we, and during that Bible study, we, we saw how, how can you throw away the fact that you're a Jew? Like, it is, like, maybe, like, I don't want to go into politics right now, but being born in the best country, maybe the United States of America, and you're a citizen, like, how can you throw that away? How can you um, count it as dung? Doesn't mean you should go and tear up your citizenship card or tell the USA that you don't want to be a citizen anymore. So when we took this Bible study, we discussed that it's about the value we place on those achievements. So doesn't mean you should go and tear up your PhD certificate or renounce that you you um, PhD older or um, you have this great um, law school certificate or you have this great achievement. No, it's the value you place on that. You throw away the value you place on those achievements, just like Paul did. And in order for us to truly know God, we need to throw away the value we placed on worldly achievements. That is when, when we value God, he would reveal himself to us. Amen. So power and effectiveness in ministry depends solely on how much of God we know. Power and effectiveness in ministry depend solely on how much of God we know. Now, um, there are two things that I can bring out from this place. If you want to have a powerful ministry, an effective ministry, how do we measure this powerful and effectiveness? So before I jump to how do we measure it, it says that in order for us to have a powerful and effective ministry, we must know God. How do we define power and effectiveness? Remember how we studied the life of John. Um, if we want to say powerful ministry, in, in, in John's life, he was not a rich pastor. He didn't have an auditorium. He didn't wear the best clothes or designer clothes. He didn't please his members. He didn't collect offerings or tithe. He didn't, he didn't record like thousands of people in his congregation. 
So John the Baptist's ministry was powerful and effective, but it doesn't have all the measurements that people used to measure successful or effective or powerful ministries these days. So if you want to have the kind of powerful ministry that Jesus had, that John the Baptist had, you need to know God. And it takes time to know God. For example, John spent 30 years being prepared for his six months ministry. And so we have to change the way you as a Christian um, and I as a Christian measure success in ministry and power and effectiveness in ministry. So we also have to, you know, that for us to be effective in ministry, we have to know God. It's not knowing about God or knowing all the books of the Bible or having a head knowledge of everything in the Bible that is good. It's awesome to know how to quote all the scriptures in the Bible. That is perfectly great. In fact, I would want to be better at doing all those things. However, knowing God means knowing his personality, having a relationship with him, and then having him speak to you and you speak back to him. And communicating effectively with God, knowing everything about him and his plans for your life, his plans for the world plans for your ministry so the scripture shows us that then shall we know if we follow on to know the lord hosea 6 3 then shall we know if we follow on to know the word of god so by reading the word of god we will know god the more and please i like to read it hosea 6 3 says that in just a couple of days I want to start from 2 so Hosea 6 in just a couple of days or 3 at the most he will set us on our feet again to live in his kindness all that we might know the Lord let us press on to know him and he will respond to us as surely as the coming of dawn or the rain of early spring. So this place trying to tell us that, oh, I wish we could know the Lord. And he's advising us to press on to know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. And he will respond to us as surely as the coming of the dawn. So he will definitely respond to us when we seek to know him. God will respond to us and show us himself. When we ask him, I want to know you, oh God, I want to know more about you. I want to know everything about you. When, when you seek to know the Lord, he will respond to us. And keep reading. Our boast must not be in the Jebusites, in the Amorites. We push down in our ministry and the prosperity message that is working for us. All the great crowds that attend our meetings. Yes. Yeah, so just like John the Baptist, which I Ellie explained, our boast must not be in the victories we have in our ministry or in the great crowds that attend our churches or in the number of people that come when we call for meetings. should not be, be proud about that and say, oh, my ministry is doing great. People like hearing the word of God from my mouth because when I 
do Bible study, like 20 people join, like 1,000 people join. That should not be our boast. But our boast should be the fact that we are knowing God better. As Osea chapter 6 verse 3 said, we are pressing on to know him. Pressing on to know him such that our knowledge of God in Mark 2021, uh, sorry, our knowledge of God in Mark 2022 is better than our knowledge of God in Mark 2021. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited right now because of something that is not too exciting. <laughs> I, I think I fixed the Zoom issue. So that's making me happy. So we crossed 46 minutes and it has not gone <laughs> that's not going up so i i guess i fixed it yay thank you jesus <laughs> so <sighs> okay so i'm just happy for something that's not really important <laughs> okay that is working for us or the great crowd that attends our meetings <sighs> thank you jesus i think i just have true joy not from the fact that i fixed the the zoom but I'm just happy anyway. The only true parameter of measuring any man's life is his personal knowledge of the Lord. And we're going to read Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24. Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24. So where is Jeremiah? And if you're watching... Please open your Bibles to Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24. It says here that the Lord says, Let not a wise man bask in his wisdom, nor the mighty man in his might, nor the rich man in his riches. Let them boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord of justice and of righteousness, whose love is steadfast. And that I love to be this way. Hmm. Okay, so we cannot boast in the fact that we are rich or we are smart or we are powerful. But we must boast in the fact that we know God. And understand that God is God of justice and righteousness. And so God is even trying to tell us more about himself. Like, okay, if you know you can boast in the fact that you know who I am and who am I? I am the God of justice. I am the God of righteousness. My love is steadfast. And God said he loves to be this way. So, so if you know that God is the God of justice, God of righteousness, and his love is steadfast, if, if you have that knowledge in you, in terms of God has shown justice to you, so you know that he is a God of justice. In fact, that he has shown righteousness to you. He has made you righteous. He has given you power to set you free from sin, you know, from addiction. If you have that knowledge of God as that person, then you can boast in that knowledge of God. You know that his love is steadfast. And that is awesome because many people forget, many Christians forget that God's love is steadfast. They, they forget that his love is steadfast when they... <sighs> When God does something for them and they have like another prayer request, they forget that God's love is steadfast. Let me give you an example, very easy example. For example, you got um, admission to study abroad or 
you got that thing you're looking for and then you don't have money to actually go there <laughs> and then you start worrying again so it just it just means that you're yet to know god because you should know that god that gave you that that um good success will definitely give you um the means to claim that prize or claim that um, scholarship or admission so when you know that his love doesn't change, is steadfast, is ever, um, ever new every morning, then you know some parts of God. And, and these are just some parts of God because God is a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, we must always try to know God. And so here it says the only true parameter of measuring any man's life is his personal knowledge of the Lord. So, so that's the measurement you should use for your life and my life. I have to use the measurement. Wow. God has given me something and there's a problem, right? Immediately, what do I do? Do I panic and say, oh, there's a problem? Oh, I say, oh, that's not a problem because God did this. This one is the hardest part. All these other parts, God is going to do it. Like if you, if that thing has happened to you, like, oh my God, I think I know God now. And I know the steadfastness part of God. I know that he's steadfast and he will do it. And so that's how you kind of measure your growth in Christ. Like the last time, last year, this time last year, if God did something and then he didn't do this other one yet, I would have been worried and freaking out. Like, but now I'm not even worried, I'm not freaking out. That means I've grown to know God's steadfastness. And then as you go on in reading the word of God and praying to God, you can then know another part of God and on and on like that. So these are measurements to know more, to show that you know God. And that is your only boost. So may you not be found wanting in this one thing that is needful, knowing God. And, you know, God said that to Martha, that one thing is needful and Mary has chosen it. So let's move forward to this part, which uh, is very interesting. And these are questions. And if you have answers for these questions, please feel free to put it in the comment section. And if you're on Podrum, just click join the discussion at the right hand top corner click join the discussion here here and put your answers to this question in the chat room in podrum's chat room and that would be cool podrum is an app that helps you to um connect with the host of your favorite podcast so it's a cool app that i use and i upload this bible studies to the app so there are some questions here and I'm going to be answering them shortly by the grace of God. Number one says that Paul discovered the supreme advantage and surpassing worth of knowing Christ. It was also the experience of Peter and all the elders of faith that we studied, right? Experience of Peter, of Paul, and the experience of um, Mary of Bethany, experience of um, 
John the Baptist of Elijah. So and I just want to quickly look at the, the lives that we studied. Um, Daniel, David, Moses, Paul, and Peter. Okay. So those are the lives we studied and they got to know God. And it was awesome. So the question now is, have you ever come to a point in your life where you recognize the supreme advantage of knowing Christ? Discuss your experience. Okay. So you guys should promise me to, <clears throat> that if you get to this point in the video, please discuss your experience in the comment section. Thank you. So have you ever come to a point in your life where you recognize the supreme advantage of knowing Christ? Discuss your experience. <laughs> okay, so this is an interesting question. I don't want to waste our time, but let me just keep it in my life. There's a lot of advantages to knowing Christ Jesus. To be practical, he saved me from sin, addiction, and that is one short answer to this question. That is an advantage of knowing God. And without God, my life would have been miserable. So I'm happy about that. So that is, I, I, at that point in, in life, I recognize the supreme advantage of knowing Christ. And <clears throat> let me just back it up with other things. Knowing Christ has helped me to be a better person in terms of my relationship with others and shelling off bad habits that are not good. So I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And these are habits that I would not be able to shell off by myself. And so that is a supreme advantage of knowing Christ. Apart from salvation, which saved me from the hand of the devil and bad dreams and demonic oppression and manipulation and bad dreams. I said bad dreams before. Bad dreams, evil, fear of the dark when it's 6 p.m., being afraid. <laughs> and knowing God saved me from those things. So that is awesome. I would like to hear how knowing God has saved you. <clears throat> from those things. And if I want to go on the more matured level, so those are knowing God when I just started being a Christian, more matured level, <laughs> deeper, knowing God has helped me to be able to sometimes give up my rights. So um, I'm still learning that. For example, that trying to talk to someone and they tell you, you are, you are saying something that is true because of your experience and they say, no, that's not true. And Instead of me to keep saying, let me show you, let me show you, let me show you, bring it, let me show you, let me show you. No. I'm like, okay, if that's what you feel, is not true. Because I know that it's just going to lead to strife. And I know I would like to be right, you know. In fact, the evidence is usually very available, right? Maybe in the internet. So I'm just going to Google it. I'm like, see, I'm right. Do you get? So I'm just like, do your research, you know. I... It's like it's like hard because I always like to be right, but if you don't if you don't believe me, I will just leave it no problem. And if you discover later, if you do your research and you discover that you are wrong and I'm right, awesome. But I don't want the enjoyment of 
feeling that you you are wrong and I'm right. So that like helped me to be more mature to give up my right because I wasn't feeling and um, deny myself of that enjoyment of being right. I'm trying to deny myself. So this sounds like an interview. It's not supposed to be. Anyway, it's question two. It says here that what are the struggles you are personally going through in your work with God? Struggles? Yeah, okay, yeah. That's awesome. An awesome question. So the struggles I'm personally going through in my work with God is um, wanting to be more like Jesus in term, in terms of having anointing and power and being sensitive to the spirit of God on a greater level. I really need that in my life. And then the fruit of the spirit, which I want to read because I don't see any Bible verse here and I want to read Bible in this Bible study. <laughs> So I'm going to read about the fruit of the spirit, which is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says that, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit, one fruit in us. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And here, there is no conflict with Jewish laws. Wow. That's awesome. Anyway. So this is the um, fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit is one fruit. Uh, like the... Orange is one fruit. It has the outer layer, which is the orangey layer. It has the inner pulp. It has the juice, has the fruit, the, the seed, and has some kind of like um, the fiber, right? So those are the parts of that orange. So also, Holy Spirit produced, which is one fruit, and it has nine parts. Wow. Wow. That's nine parts. So um, we have to develop those nine parts in order to produce a fruit. So when you see orange coming out, it comes, I don't know how it comes out. I don't do, I didn't do agri agriculture, rush studies or science in detail, but when it comes out, it starts with a seed. It starts with a small part and then the fruit start growing. So when you see yourself, some parts of this nine parts of fruit is already developing in you. And it's already developing in me. I just want more of this fruit to develop in me. Like love. Love. Love is very interesting Um part of the fruit of the spirit. Love, my God. It's, it's easy to love people that love you. But how easy is it to love people that have done something bad to you or betrayed you terribly? How can you love those kind of people? 
So those kind of, that's what I'm struggling with right now in terms of like, I can love everybody. In fact, I, I have loved people that, are, that did something bad to me. But maybe one or two people, I'm still praying to God, like, give me this kind of maturity to love everybody. You know, everybody, no matter what they've done to me or if they betrayed me to love, then joy. Let me not go in there, but I'm giving you some answers and other struggles. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, do you have conflicts in terms of holiness, of life, purity of heart, peace of mind, and godly lifestyle? Holiness of life, purity of heart, peace of mind, and godly lifestyle. See, I'm being practical here, so it would be nice if you're listening to this Bible study to please put your answers in the comment section. God bless you. It helps to, or even if you don't put your answers, answer the question yourself and write them down in your notebook. It helps you to grow and see where you, there could be a prayer point for you, what you should pray about during your quiet time. Say, God, give me more of this. I need to, 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 to have all those things in order to be more like you. I wanted to also read the, the gift of the spirit. I also want the gift of the spirit in my life to more of the gift of the spirit. So, so do I have conflict in terms of holiness of life, purity of heart, peace of mind, and godly lifestyle? Honestly, I don't have any conflict. I know the truth, and the truth has set me free. And the truth says, if, if we're talking about godly lifestyle, I dress or I live the way the Holy Spirit in me has directed me to live. And if the Holy Spirit in me condemns a dress or a lifestyle, I, I condemn it. I don't trick my, I don't deceive myself. So the Holy Spirit is my guide. I dress modest and, you know, modesty can be also, not, can be um, the fact that you, you don't expose your private parts or your sensitive parts to the world. And modesty can also be not buying extravagant or expensive, too much expensive outfits or living expensive lifestyles or um, being extravagant in spending, you see, all those things. So I follow the Holy Spirit direction and what to purchase or what to live, what kind of life to live. And I have peace of mind and purity of heart. I thank God for that. So how do you intend to handle this? Oh, the Holy Spirit is helping me out. Paul said for my determined purpose is that I may know him. What is your determined purpose in life? Okay. Has there been any change in that as you went through this study? What is the change and how do you come about it? So my determined purpose in life is um, to do God's will at every stage of my life. This is looking more and more like an interview just because our ladies did not come to Bible study today. More like an interview should be a discussion, but maybe I should have pushed it to when people come. But I don't know when people will come. But why am I even talking about this yet? Okay, let's move forward. Okay, let's move forward. Okay, so <clears throat> Paul said, for my determined purpose is that I may know him. What is your determined purpose? My determined purpose is to be like Jesus. 
It is to do exactly what God wants me to do at every second of my life. Has there been any change, been any change in that as I went through the study? There has been an addition to that. And it is the prayer that God prepare me for as long as you want before I fulfill my purpose in life. John was prepared for 30 years. Jesus was prepared for 30 years. This is a lot of years. But I want to be prepared for as long as God wants me to be prepared so that I can be effective in ministry. So what striking lesson did you learn from other people's pursuits of God in this study? I saw how they were powerfully being used by God, <clears throat> honestly being used by God. There was no um, um, personal gain as motive for their ministry. There was no personal gain or having more wealth and riches. That was not, they were not even rich people. The only person that was rich among them, or maybe kind of famous was David, who was the king. <laughs> And, and in, in all through his life, he was close to God. He didn't count his riches as, um, he didn't count his riches as something like to be, boast, to be boastful about or to boast about. And Daniel Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in a strange land, they stood for God. And they didn't mind the prizes that the king awarded them. They always told the truth and stood for the truth. And Mary sat at Jesus' feet. Just a great choice and surprising choice today where everybody wants to work in church and be like Martha and, and do all the church chores or work for God as opposed to sitting at his feet and studying his word and cleaning up their lives and modifying the deeds of the flesh. Yeah. So um, I, I learned that the goal is not blingy, it's not beautiful, or it's not, what, it's not beautiful in the sight of the world, but beautiful in the sight of God. Yeah. So how do you intend to respond to the challenge that came to us? As we studied what the Lord said to Martha concerning Mary of Bethany, one thing is needful. Yes. Somebody asked me, somebody asked me a question that um, I've been um, active on Instagram and I'm always talking about God on Instagram and Jesus. Uh, what position am I in church? And I was like, uh, doesn't have doesn't have anything to do with what um, I am in church. Like, I mean, they should have made you a deacon. That's what she said. Or a, some high position in church. I'm like, I don't want to be a deacon or a pastor or a high position in church. That's not why I am talking to people about Christ. God sent me a message and I'm doing it. And yeah, so it's not about the position or what you're doing for God, but knowing God. That's the most important thing. And we've read it so many times. This is just like a recap. One thing is needful, and Mary has chosen it. And also, when we're studying one thing is needful, we also talked about the fact that Jesus, God's, Jesus told his disciples that 
I want you, I've called you to be with me and I might send you out to preach if I want to. It's not compulsory and I'd like us to read it now. So um, it's actually, um, I was trying to look for it, but I didn't find it. But I know where it is here. It's, um, I think it's, it's this portion of the Bible. Or I think it is Mark 3, 13 to 15. <clears throat> Mark 3, 13 to 15 says that and he goeth up into a mountain and called calleth unto him whom he would and they came unto him and he ordained twelve that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils so God wants us to know him, sit down at his feet like Mary and be with him. Sit down at his feet and be with him. We should be with him and he might send us, send us forth to preach. So we should be with him first. And if he likes, he might send us to preach. He might give us power to heal sicknesses. And if he might, he might not give us power to heal sicknesses. He might not give us power to cast out demons. It might not give us all these things, but the most important thing is that we should always be with him, sit at his feet and study his word and do his will and know him. And then he might do all those things for us. He might do it if he wants to. And I'm reading from King James, King James Russian. Yeah, so one thing is needful. And the needful thing is to be at God's feet. It's more needful than serving or working miracles to know God by sitting at his feet and reading his word. And as Mary, she was sitting at his feet and listening to everything he was saying. And right now we cannot physically see Jesus, but we can, we can, um, we can listen to everything he says from the word of God. Amen. Hey, we are in chapter three. And then we will study this next week. And because we are almost, we are almost at the top of the hour. I'd like us to pray for our lives and our ministry. That God will help us. God will help us grow in the knowledge of Him. So I think I saw the Bible verse. And I may know Him. So Paul said that I know him. Back to read. I think it's in Ephesians. Oh, sorry. Philippians three verse ten. Philippians 3 verse 10 says that that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings 
being made conformable unto his death. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So all those things, just like, um, just like um, Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24 <clears throat> talks about God, some parts of God like his steadfastness, his righteousness, his, um, his love, I think some other things. Um, this is a knowledge of God that we can have. Another knowledge of God, another um, quality of God that we know is the power of his resurrection. What does it mean? What does his resurrection mean to us? What, does it, what, what is the effect of it in our lives? The fact that Jesus rose up from the, from the grave on the third day means that he has given me power to rise with him. Yes, he, he died on the cross. That means he nailed the old man in me to the cross and I'm, because I'm crucified with him. And because he has risen, a new life is risen in me. That's the, the knowledge I have. And I can feel it and know it. So this is, I know God in that way, the power of his resurrection. Do you know God in that way? Is the power of God's resurrection evident in your life? So now pray about that. And the fellowship of his suffering. Do you know the, 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 the suffering of God? Do you know the effect of that in your life? Be made, be made conformable unto his death. This is how we can know God, the effect of his death, the effect of his suffering, and how we can suffer with him. Um, I think the um, word for today and the verse of the day for the new version Bible says that um, suffering for Christ. It, it talks about a part of Bible, First Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four, verse one to nineteen. And nineteen says that if we, nineteen says that if we suffer because of Christ, um, we should while we are suffering, we should do good. And First Peter four, verse one says that. Um, if you suffer because of Christ, that is the highest temptation you can ever have. Wow, that is that is awesome. Okay, so it says that for as much then as Christ had suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. This is like, I had to pray to God that what does this mean? Like, he that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. He that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That he should no longer have to leave the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men or to the will of God. <clears throat> this this um, revelation that I got, that God showed me from this verse, just means that he that, if you have been persecuted for, persecuted for Christ's sakes, in fact, you have the power to say no to sin. Because for you to be persecuted for Christ's sake, that means you have known God to an extent that you can, you can, you don't mind being beaten and, and suffering your flesh just because of that knowledge of God. So if you are tempted with any other thing, you will not fall because you already, that is the, the highest height. When you suffer for Christ, is the highest height of 
of of of, of highest height highest height of temptation. Yeah, and then to pack it up. So before I move forward, so fellowshipping in the suffering, we came from Philippians three ten. So fellowshipping in God's suffering, where we came from, I'm trying to now expatiate on it, saying that have you suffered for Jesus Christ before? That's another level of knowing God, and suffering for Him in the flesh, and suffering for Him emotionally, where people abuse you or insult you for being a Christian. There's the one where you lose money or you lose gain. Maybe they said that, can you cheat in your office? And you say, no, you overcome that temptation, but you lost position or fame or money. That's a height of temptation. But when you are agreed to suffer in your body for Christ's sakes, this says that for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That, that is the highest temptation. In fact, no other temptation they bring to you, you will, you will be like, no, I'm going to follow God. So um, I wanted to also read one more part for we go, which we will pray about. Is that um, I'm trying to search for it on my phone. Hebrews 12, 4. Thank you, Jesus. So Hebrews 12, 4 says that, um, it says that, so just like 1 Peter 4, verse 1 says that, um, he that have suffered in the body is ceases from sin, says, Hebrews 12, 3 to 4, 4, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be wearied and faint in your minds. That's Jesus. Consider Jesus. He suffered contradiction of sinners and consider him, look, about, look on him and look at his situation. Verse 4 says, ye have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. And if I will read to a version that is more relatable, it says that after all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. So giving your life in your struggle against sin, like sin is to denounce God, right? Have you ever given your life so that you would not struggle against sin? Have you been tempted to the point of being killed, right? Have you been persecuted? You are not. That is the highest temptation. And that is interesting. So that is like a level of knowing God that you cannot, you can give your life um, to stand for God. That's a high level of knowing God. And when you, when you can give your life for that, then there's no temptation you can not say no to. You can say no to sin. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. So let's pray, God, help me to know you. Step by step by step by step, help me to know you. Now I want to love my enemies. I want to love, no matter, I know I have to love my enemies, but there are some very thick enemies, very thick enemies that might, oh, why should you do this to me? Help me love everybody. Another level. Lord, help me to, stand for you, help me to fellowship in your suffering. When you're saying all the people that know Jesus come to the right, you're going to be punished. Help me to be able to know you and love you and fellowship in that suffering and be conformed to your death. So Lord, help us to know you better. Not, um, and then help us to know you more. Help us not to measure our spiritual progress by the number of people that are coming to sit down with us to, to, 
to sit down in our churches, by our position in church. Help us not to measure our knowledge of you by all this metrics, so God. But help us to measure our knowledge of you by the, the knowledge of your qualities that we have experienced in our lives and how we are confident of your qualities. Help us to measure our knowledge and our confidence in you and your qualities. Help us to knowledge, sorry, help us to measure our knowledge of you in the fellowship in your suffering, in the understanding of the power of your death and resurrection, and help us to measure our knowledge of you by all these characteristics of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Help us to sit at your feet and study your word, oh God. We thank you because there's nothing you cannot do. We appreciate you for one another beautiful session. I, I love you, God, for showing us deep revelation, especially towards the end of more understanding of your word. I give you praise. I, I give you honor. I give you all the glory, oh God. Be the exalted each and of days. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Man, Lord, we worship you. We worship you. I worship you, oh God. I give you praise, oh God. Okay, let me sing this song that's ringing in my heart. It's an old song. Just sing it to God. Will I lift your name on high? Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you reign in my life. And I'm so glad you came to save me. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My death you paid. My death you paid from the cross to the grave. From the grave to the skies, Lord, I lift your name on high. Amen. Lord, I lift your name on high. We lift your name on high in this Bible study. We thank you for how you've been with us from the beginning to the end, how you are helping us to grow in our love for you, in our steadfastness, in our knowledge of you, God, of who you are, of your personality, everything oh god help us never to lose sight on why on on what we should do to be your children help us not to to lose sight of what is needful what is needful for eternal life what is needful for for godliness what is needful for your kingdom what is needful to maintain your holy spirit living in us help us not to lose sight of what is needful help us not to measure our our lives by um, our worldly achievement, no, but by our knowledge of you in the name of Jesus. We thank you because you are a faithful God. We are covered with the blood of Jesus, even as we want to go about our daily activities in, in the week. And we are going to worship you tomorrow on Sunday. But we ask that you accept our praise and worship and bless our week and let us be blessed in everything we lay our hands on. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Okay, see you next week. Bye.
Have you ever listened to a podcast and thought about what other listeners are saying about that episode? Have you ever thought about giving feedback and interacting with the host of a favorite podcast? Podroom is a podcast player and chatroom platform for the podcast communities. Join millions of similar podcast listeners and interact with like minds on the Podroom app. It's a social networking platform with over 750,000 audio and video podcast content. It's available on the Play Store and App Store. Download Podroom now to enjoy this episode.